morning, Bethany. Welcome to worship. My name is John Leary, and I have been with Bethany now almost two years. My history before that was 25 years at a Baptist church. I left that church because I wasn't getting what I thought I should be getting. And my wife and I decided we would look for a new church. We went to churches basically in the area because she wanted to stay close to home. And we hit upon Bethany. And as soon as I walked in the door, I was greeted with a handshake and a hello, which has never happened before in any church. And my wife looked at me and I looked at her and we both nodded and that was the end of that story. So, Bethany has learned to be an affirmative and inclusive community where all are welcome. We will welcome you if you are hopeful or weary, fearful or trusting, black or brown or white, straight, gay, lesbian, transgender, joyful or grieving. This is a place to remember that I am a child of God, holy and beloved. Please say that again with me. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. Now we especially want to welcome those who are worshiping with us for the first time, for we know it's a difficult thing to do. But if you would like to learn more about us, please contact our church administrator, Katie Sutliff, at Bethany Tacoma Pres, I'm sorry, Bethany Pres Tacoma at gmail.com. And we are excited to announce that in-person worship in the sanctuary will resume on Sunday, June 17th at 11 a.m. Registration will open on June 15th. Just a note for all, we will invite your comments, prayer requests, and greetings during our service on our Facebook page. Please note that this is a public page and we can be seen by others. If you have a private prayer request, please write it in the prayer request space when you register your attendance at worship by using the online registration form available on Facebook and also on our church website. Please join us for coffee hour on Zoom right after worship. The link is right above the Facebook comments box. We hope to see you there. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 29. Praise the Lord, you heavenly beings. Praise God's glory and power. Praise the Lord's glorious name. Bow down before the Holy One when God appears. The voice of the Lord is here, heard in all its might and majesty. The Lord rules over the deep waters, ruling as King forever. The Lord gives strength to God's people and blesses them with peace. We join together in worship.
God's presence and sung glory and praise to God. And as we enter God's presence, we, like Isaiah, find that we are not worthy to worship, and we must confess all that we are, the ways that we have been complicit in this world, and the ways that we need to be forgiven. So I share in a song of confession. from everlasting to everlasting. Therefore, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Sharing the peace of Christ. As a community of friends and a gathering of the Spirit, I offer unto all of you the peace of Christ. May the peace of Christ be with you. Please greet one another with the peace that God's gift is to us today. Take a moment to write your blessings in the comment section and to check in with the community. Hi Bethany, happy Sunday, I hope you're well. So we've been talking a lot about journeys 
and about listening to following God. And in this story, we're going to hear about a baby that was born about the same time as Jesus. And you might know this baby's name, or at least you'll have known it when you hear it. And it says, about the same time that Jesus was born, another baby was born. His name was John, and God had a special job for him. John was going to get everyone ready for Jesus. The day John was born, his dad knew God's promise to Abraham was coming true. God was sending the rescuer, and he was happy. He was so happy he sang a song. Because, because God loves us with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love, Heaven is breaking through. He is sending us a light from heaven to shine on us like the sun, to shine on those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet to the way of peace. So John grew up and, well, to tell you the truth, he was a bit unusual. He lived in the desert. He wore itchy, scratchy outfits made of camel hair. He had a big, big, bushy beard and a long, long, scraggly hair. And here is the oddest thing about him. He only ate locusts. Those are like the short, little, creepy, crunchy grasshoppers. Oh, sorry, big, not short, which he dipped in honey, probably to make it taste better. But God sent John to tell his people something important. Stop running away from me and run. Uh, stop running away from God and run to God instead. You need to be rescued. I have good news. Uh, the rescuer is coming. Make your hearts ready for him. Yes, get ready because your king is coming back for you. Great crowds listened to John. They were sorry that they hadn't followed God and that they were running away. They wanted to know God's love forever. So John baptized them, which means he plunged them in and out of the water. It showed that they wanted to follow God and begin a new life. It also shows that God loves you, each one of you, no matter what, always and forever. So the rest of the story tells about someone else that John baptized, but we are not going to get to that part of the story yet. But you guys can guess about what special person you think that John baptized. Any guesses? Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Let me look at them. Oh, you can look at the picture. Maybe you'll figure it out. Wait. Well, <laughs> well, I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I can't wait to see you again soon. We will now have our scripture reading for this morning. Listen now to a reading from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe totally filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And the one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called and the house filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I have among people of unclean lips, 
yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go forward for us? And I said, Here am I, Lord, send me. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word. Our epistle lesson this morning comes from Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever accidentally walked into a boardroom full of people in suits, seriously engaged in a deep conversation? You opening the door caused everyone to go silent and everyone to gaze at you. You silently backed out of the room and closed the door because you did not belong in there. Or maybe you've charged into a cathedral as a tourist, and as you entered, all of a sudden you realized that there were people worshiping or engaged in the mass, and you really didn't intend to be there, and even though you could join in, you don't belong in there. So you quietly step out. Isaiah, the prophet, has a vision where he finds himself in the throne room of the Lord God Almighty. He sees extraordinary things as we heard as the scripture was read. A throne on high that is lifted up, the hem of, the, of God's garment filling the temple. Seraphs, angels above God with six wings. And then one of those seraphs calls out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of God's glory. And then the thresholds shake and the house is filled with smoke. Woe is me, cries Isaiah. I do not belong here. 
I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You see, Isaiah is an ordinary guy living in the 8th century BCE. And the world is crumbling around him. The Assyrians are working their way to Jerusalem, one village at a time. And the king of Judah is making poor decisions. The nation of Judah is under attack. And the people are so lost, they don't even know. They don't have an idea how bad it is. And they are behaving badly forgetting their first love, forgetting God. And they're forgetting the justice of God, the care of widows and orphans. And Isaiah is caught up in the culture of his day. He's a part of the mess, and he knows it. And he certainly knows that he does not belong in the presence of the Almighty. But in a moment, in that vision, a seraph flies to the altar and takes a burning coal with tongs and brings it to the lips and touches Isaiah's mouth with that burning coal. And Isaiah's guilt is burned away as his lips are seared and he is forgiven. And God Almighty says, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And those words of Isaiah become our words. Here I am, Lord. It is I, Lord. I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Isaiah goes and he is given words of judgment. He leaves that vision, the Holy of Holies, and turns to the familiar place he knows, the world, the mess. But he carries this vision in his heart, in his mind, in his soul of God Almighty, and the power of healing and forgiveness, of judgment that is rooted in love and hope. In Isaiah's vision, it's as if the shades of the windows are drawn open. The door is flung wide to show a whole new world that we as human beings can enter. And so the triune God, the parent, the son, the Holy Spirit opens the door for us to see the holiness of God. The Holy Spirit comes to us and dwells in us and guides us not out of the world, but back into the world. And we carry this vision of our final home in our hearts and our minds and our souls. Home is in the presence of God Almighty, where there is perfect peace and justice. Listen to some other words of Isaiah as he describes this ultimate home. From chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the highest of the mountains and shall be erased above the hills, and all the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate between many peoples. 
They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war no more. And from Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 9. On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And God will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. God will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of God's people will be taken away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited so that we might be saved. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us rejoice and be glad in our salvation. We are on a lifelong journey to see the world around us through God's eyes, to love with God's heart and courage, to carry this vision of the perfect home of God wherever we are, and to cringe and to cry out and to act when we see injustice. For many of us, the death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014 woke us up, as did the death of George Floyd on the streets of Minneapolis, Minnesota, just one week ago, this one year ago, this past week. When Breonna Taylor was killed in her own home in Louisville, Kentucky, and when Manuel Ellis died on the streets here in Tacoma or after his injuries. These kinds of events open the doors, open our eyes to see a world where black women and men do not have to be afraid to walk the streets or to drive their cars. And during this time of the pandemic, our black brothers and sisters have lived in so much fear. Do we see, do we understand do we cry out? What incidents in your life, I ask you, have opened the door for you to see the world in a whole new way? I would love to hear your stories. Here are just two from my life. I was very active in an African-American congregation. It was a new congregation called Imani Community Church in Trenton, New Jersey for about 15 years. I loved to worship with them and was engaged in so many programs and activities in the community, also the tragedies and the shootings. While there, I began to learn about the stories of slavery and how slavery in the colonies and in our country had shaped the values of African-American families. And when I would hear people say, where are all the men? Why are so many women raising their children alone? And then women would say, because our men are in prison. And when I would engage in prison ministry, I would see those men of color 
in the prisons, my eyes were opened to see. While a pastor in Vancouver, Washington, our congregation was engaged in homeless ministry, and so there were winter uh, shelters that we helped staff. And so I would go down and take my turn uh, for the night to be there all night in the shelter to serve dinner and then to help with breakfast and clean up as each of the men left this men's shelter. So as I got to know the men in the shelter, I got to understand more the culture and the courage that it takes to come and live in a shelter. Because it's a, it's a challenging place, as many of you may know. And it helped me understand why where our church was in North Vancouver, why so many people lived in tents and lived in the woods who did not want to be in a shelter. And of course, there were not any women or families there uh, because that is a whole other issue. So that those situations opened my heart and my mind to ways that we can work together to solve some of these challenges in our day. You know, we could say, well, we want to pull ourselves away from the problem problems of the day. And we could choose to live like some people who, who step away and live in isolation. Or I could spend all my time thinking about the end times when Christ returns, ignoring the issues of this day. But God asks us to leave those wonderful moments of worship and holiness and step back into the world. Paul in Romans chapter 8 calls us to live this life by the very Spirit of God. And we're schooled in the school of flesh how to keep ourselves happy. But the goal is to set aside our human desires and to live as a part of the family of God, where we can call God Abba, and we become heirs together with Christ. We share in Christ's suffering and we share in Christ's glory. We are adopted into the family of God where all three persons of the Trinity are available to us. So we enter the room and we celebrate the Holy of Holies and we marvel at the power and the perfection and the love of God. This is worship. This is why we join together either online or in person. And then we turn back into the world and say, here we are, Lord, send us. I would be remiss based on our Bible study times together this past week, not to mention that verse 15 in chapter eight has often been used against gay and lesbian and transgender people people accused of living by the flesh. Friends, we are all guilty of living by the flesh. There is not one orientation that wins the prize for being more flesh-oriented than another. In fact, if we turn to Genesis chapter 3, the curse of sin is on all of us. And I'd like to encourage you to go look up verse 16 and see what that says verse 16 and 17, about our fleshly desires. The focus moves not on the flesh and our desires, but to our claiming our adoption as children of God, living as spirit-filled pe people who deal with our flesh, examining the inheritance that is given to us. 
I don't know about you, but I've learned so much. I've shared that before about myself in this COVID time. There's been more time to be alone than ever before in my life, which means I've read more books. I've watched more television movies on Netflix and Amazon Prime. I've played more solitaire than ever before. And I've also thought carefully about where my priorities lie. So therefore I've written letters and, uh, and tried some new practices in my spiritual life. And I've gone back to that adage that Ron Sider gave us in the 1980s, live simply so that others can simply live. So as we begin to re-engage in our public lives, we know that we are stewards of all of our life. And one of the greatest gifts we have is time. And how are you gonna use our time as we re-engage in our public life. We as a congregation are entering our mission study. We have a wonderful team that is going to lead us. They're gonna help us articulate our shared values as Bethany Presbyterian Church and look at where God is calling us into the future. The doors are open to God's possibility and not just for us, but for those that aren't here yet at Bethany, those that God wants to bring into the embrace of this family of God. Are we prepared to greet them, to invest in them, to, to be changed by them as they come into our midst? Can we say together, here we are, Lord, send us. Early in my life in ministry, I was introduced to a Presbyterian curriculum from the denomination called Covenants of Stewardship. And in this curriculum, we were invited to look at our lives, our personal lives, our public lives, and our community lives, and choose one area in our life in each of those, those venues that we were gonna focus on. It meant that I would choose one area in my church where I was going to serve, one area in my community, another area in my nation that I was going to invest in, and then in the world, meaning that I would read and understand, possibly join an affinity group, uh, an advocacy group, but I would invest in just one area in each of those parts. Because there's so many issues in the world today, there's so many issues in our church. What one thing are you going to invest in and be the change you want to see? And to do this, we must understand who we are. Here I am, Lord, who am I? Some of us are people who love to read books and articles and understand issues deeply. If that's you, then you need to find a group where you can share your ideas and your understandings and you can reflect together. Some of you like to work on policy change and public strategy. You like to be in the room where it happens. Well, find a place where you can invest like that. In the church, our elders and deacons are in places of that kind of policy making right now. Maybe you want to be an advocate, then join a group where you can actually work for change. If we were going to work on homelessness in Pierce County, I'd want to be at the Pierce County Coalition to End Homelessness. That's where the strategy and advocacy is taking place in this county. Or I'd want to join Associated Ministries on their, at their quarterly meetings where people come to discuss homelessness. Others of you might want to build long-term relationships. 
through mentoring or tutoring. That's how you want to invest your time. Others give money. It's important to give money if that is your calling. And others might like to shop for others. Each of these ways we use ourselves when we say, here I am, Lord, send me. Because it's not about us and living in the flesh. It's about living for one another through the power of God's spirit, God's mission through the church and into the world. This weekend, we are in Memorial Day weekend. And we think of all those who have given up their lives, who have sacrificed for the common good. I don't know what your traditions are, but our family has unique traditions around Memorial Day weekend. My dad, the Reverend Adrian Martin, served in the United States Army for eight years and then had a full career as a civil servant at Fort Lewis. He was an educational counselor, and he helped thousands of soldiers, men and women, get their GED. He found that many soldiers had come into, had listed in the Army for many different reasons. Some wanted to serve their country. Some didn't have any other options at that point in their life. Some wanted to carry and use guns. So many reasons to join the military. But he found that as they moved in the military, their eyes were open to the possibilities of service. And education was a wonderful way to expand their horizons and their service. So he helped so many soldiers as I said, get their GED and then go on to higher education. Recently, I came from Washington, D.C., where I had the privilege of serving with some of the top officials in the Pentagon and in other branches of the military and the government. I found that many of these people had graduated from our academies and were amazing strategists, and many of them trying to work for peace at the highest levels in our nation and in our world. For each of them, there was a moment of commissioning or a moment of induction where they said, I'm all in. Friends, this is a time of recommitment, a time of coming out and being ready to engage in God's mission, in God's world. And some of us may say, I'm not worthy. I'm not ready. Well, let the Spirit meet you find you right where you are, forgive you, cleanse you, guide you, give you courage. So you can say with Isaiah and many across the eons, here I am, Lord, send me.
I hope that you have seen the two new doors that grace Bethany Presbyterian Church. They have a beautiful wood and they have glass inset so you can see out and you can see in. These doors are meant to be open to everyone who would like to come and be a part of this faith community. It doesn't matter your race or age, your sexual orientation, just know that these doors are open to you. As we prepare to open the doors to being back together in worship, I want to thank this community for all that you have offered to one another during this time and to thank you for your gifts that are being used to the glory of God in this time and this place as the doors are opened. As we move to the time of prayer together, I invite you to enter your joys and your concerns in the comment box in Facebook. Next Sunday, we'll be filming this service live, and my hope and prayer is that I will be able to take those comments that you offer while we're worshiping together online and weave them into the pastoral prayer. We look forward to that. This Sunday, this Memorial Day weekend, I would like to invite all of you that have served in one branch of the military or another, or who are currently serving, to share with us what branch and when you served, so we can hold you in prayer and give thanks to God for your service. Let us then move to a spirit of prayer.
midst of pain I choose love In the midst of pain Sorrow falling down like rain I await the sun again I choose love I choose love I choose love I choose love Holy Holy, Holy One, Triune God, you invite us to embrace the power of your presence, one in three, three in one. Father, Mother God, Holy Spirit, Son, the Christ, quench the desires of our hearts to be back together, together in worship. Help us never take worship of you and your holiness for granted. Thank you for all who have given so much of themselves during this season of online worship to keep us bound together in worship in the spirit. This morning, we pray for our nation. We pray, pray for Secretary of State Blinken as he works to boost the truth, truce between Hamas and Israel working with partners in the Middle East. And we pray for military leaders who strategize about how to leave Afghanistan and how to be in relationship with Jordan and Lebanon and Syria. We give thanks for each one in this congregation who has given of themselves to serve our nation in various branches of service and those who are serving today and those who are serving in our local police departments. We are mindful of all the decisions that have to be made on a daily basis, and we ask for your guidance for each one. And we are mindful of wars fought in the past and lives lost. And we remember, and we would ask that you would help us to learn from the past so we might move into the future, claiming peace not only for ourselves, but for our world family. We also name before you family members and friends that we're so concerned about. We name them before you in the silence of our prayers. For those who are dealing with the frailty of human flesh, we ask that you would give them courage and healing and that you would be with all those who surround them day by day, that you would give them strength and courage as well. And for those dealing with depression and all that goes with that, we ask that you would draw people around them to hold on to them during this time. We also pray for our teachers and school administrators, for students and parents as this school year draws to a close. Give each one a vision of how to celebrate each student and help them on their way. Affirm them, guide them. We all long to follow the way of Jesus, 
who taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, our Mother, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The next song we're going to be doing is called Eternal Father, Strong to Save. And some of you may know it as the Navy Hymn. I spent four years in the Navy from 1960 through 1964 and was on one of the premier aircraft carriers in the fleet called the Yorktown. And I wanted to sing this song for all of those who gave, who gave their lives, who sacrificed their families so that we may have freedom. Thank you. Ancient Aaronite benediction. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord God make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace now and forevermore. 
Amen. We'd love to see you now. Join us at Coffee Hour on Zoom. Stacy Kidd and Preston Woodall will host. It's a wonderful time to check in with one another, old and new friends, and be together uh, to celebrate this weekend. See you there in just a few moments. Thank you.